0: Good morning and welcome to our Thursday chapel. Uh, Today, Professor Dennis Marzoff was planning to have a start with a psalm. He woke up sick, so we're not gonna be doing the psalm today. So, what we're gonna suggest is that we turn to our hymn, which is 456, 456, My Soul Now Bless Thy Maker. We will sing the first two verses before the reading and devotion, and we will sing the last two verses, three and four, at the end. Um, Today, our guest preacher is Pastor Luke Ulrich from Mount Olive Lutheran Church. Lord's blessings on your worship.
1: Grace and peace are yours from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that we have for our consideration is a single verse from Psalm 103. We hear verse 13. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. I recently came across on an online forum, a woman who was asking for some help, some advice with an issue that she had with her parents. She wrote this, I just found out that my parents have kept a running total of everything I owe them since I was 12 and got my first job. For example, a $60 coat I got when I was 13 because it was winter and snowy and I didn't have one. Allowances throughout my teen years, $10 a week for years. I thought I was earning this money by doing chores. When I was 18, my car broke down. My parents paid over $2,000 to fix it, and now they want me to pay for it. Even the clothing they recently purchased for my children without me asking. My kids had clothing. They just thought it would be cute. Literally everything they spent money on me since I was 12, they want me to pay back thousands and thousands of dollars since I was 12. Most things I never asked for, things I thought were given as a gift, other things that I needed as a child, I don't know what to do. I feel sick about it. My mom showed me the ledger. It started in 1998 and is apparently still going today. How do I deal with this? 22 years worth of what I thought was love, care, and gifts. It's so much money, I feel physically ill over it. What a poor woman. Can you imagine being in her shoes? Imagine your parents popping this on you when you're in your 30s and you have your own children that you're caring for? It seems so cruel, so callous, so cold-hearted. How could a parent treat their child in such a way as this? What a terrible burden these parents are placing on their daughter. Seems like a really quick way to torch your relationship with your daughter and grandchildren, telling them, well, we're not doing this for you for free. Now don't get me wrong, raising children comes at no small expense. You parents out there you know this. According to a study that was done in 2017 by the US Department of Agriculture, for a middle-income family, the average cost of raising a child from birth to age 17, the average cost is $233,610. That seems crazy to think about. Almost a quarter million dollars. Can you believe that? When we look at it that way, we might be tempted to start thinking about children in the way that many in our world do, which probably accounts for the reason why the U.S. birth rate has declined by 20% in the past 15 years. We might be tempted to ask ourselves, is it really worth it? Is this really worth the time and the investment? Maybe I don't want children. Plus, who's to say that when they grow up, they're not jerks? (laughs) Who's to say that that they might not grow up to be losers or or a complete embarrassment to me, which will then cost me even more money in the long run? This kind of attitude, of course, is sinful. Sinful. It's insulting to the one who said, be fruitful and multiply. It's insulting to the one who said, I will give you daily bread. I will supply every one of your needs. Now, I understand that most of you college kids here, you this isn't really a concern for you. You don't have children yet. And yet the struggle, the heart and core of this problem is still something that, that you wrestle with, that you struggle with. It deals with selfishness. And maybe look at it this way, what about those who have invested in you? What about your parents? In the way that you've acted and treated towards them, are they wanting to charge you for everything they put into you? Have you rightly honored, served, obeyed, loved, and esteemed those who have sacrificed so much for you? Or have you instead despised, provoked, and angered these who have paid probably over a quarter million dollars to bring you where you are today. I think that I can safely say that every single one of us here, at some point in our lives, we've had the opportunity to show compassion, to have pity, to show not a cold heart, but a generous, warm heart to other people and yet we've whiffed. Or perhaps there have been times where we we have, and should have, honored or shown appreciation to those people who have invested so much in us, and yet we have chosen not to. There have been times where we have instead been heartless, where we have been callous and cruel and cold, either to those who are under us or to those who are over us, trying to help us there have been times when you have chosen yourself and you have chosen your own selfish wants and needs before others or maybe there have been times where you can point and say oh I helped this person or you might say well I did what my mom and dad asked me to do but were you always doing so with the right reasons with pure motives acting out of selfless love towards these people, or were you acting selfishly, thinking what you might get out of it in return? The devil would have an easy time if he were to go before God and he would point at you and me and he would say, talk about losers. Talk about an embarrassment to you. You claim to be their father. Look at how they've acted. We with our sins... We should rightly be an embarrassment to God. He shouldn't want to have anything to do with us. We should be counted among those who have, who have gone and taken their inheritance and gone and blown it all in wild, sinful living. With the selfish, self-centered, cold, cruel, compassionless hearts that we have all too often have, We should have no right in approaching God, asking anything of him as our father. We shouldn't even presume to be able to come before him, asking him to take us into his house as a servant or a slave. He should have nothing to do with us. But thanks be to God for the heart that he has towards us, that our verse emphasizes today. A heart that is full of pity and compassion. Instead of being cold and callous as we've been guilty of being, we have a God who pities us, as our verse says. Or as other translations put it, he has compassion upon us. He has mercy upon us. He shows tender kindness to us. That word that's translated pity, he pities us, it finds its Greek counterpart in the word that Jesus uses just before he feeds the more than 4,000 out in the wilderness when he turns and he says, I have compassion for these people. It means that he has this gut-wrenching, heartfelt compassion for you. It's not just some surface-level, face-value kind of word that he's throwing it out there, but he feels for you on the deepest level, way deep down. He is one who's willing to sacrifice for you. And at the greatest cost, infinitely more than a quarter million dollars, he's willing to sacrifice far more than any amount of gold or silver could ever pay for. He paid for you with the precious blood of Christ with the innocent suffering and death of Jesus. God, our Father, traded the lifeblood of his Son, Jesus, for you. And God, the Son, Jesus, he was willing to humble himself and become obedient even to the point of death for you, for me, for our sakes, so that we might be his own, so that we might live under him in his kingdom, so that we might serve him. In everlasting righteousness, innocence, blessedness. In spite of the sinful, selfish hearts that we have, we have a God who who works repentance in us. That is, he, he leads us to see our sins and he invites us to turn with trust and faith in him. And when he sees us returning to him in repentance as those who fear him, he has Pity upon us. He shows compassion. He shows mercy. He shows tender kindness to you and me. And he comes running to us, to us who really shouldn't be worth the cost. God comes running to you, and he throws his arms around you, and he rejoices in having you as his own dear child. He doesn't see you as being selfishly cold or cruel or callous. Instead, he now looks at you and he sees the perfect, selfless compassion of Jesus covering you. He looks at you and he doesn't see any sins attached to you. Instead, he sees the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, which purifies you from every sin. God doesn't leave you doomed or in despair. He doesn't hand you a ledger saying, here's what you have to pay up before you expect to get into heaven. No, because Jesus is risen from the dead. The resurrection of Christ serves as proof to you and me that the work of God's pity, the work of his compassion, it is now full. It is complete. New eternal life belongs to you now. God speaks to you and me. And he says, I have forgiven, I have forgotten all of your mistakes, all of your sins. You are not a loser. You are not an embarrassment to me. Don't listen to the devil. He can no longer accuse you. In fact, his mouth doesn't even work, his head has been crushed. You are precious to me, God says. You are of the greatest worth. And I am here for you as a loving father. You can rely on me. You can count on me and on my mercy, my kindness, my compassion. You have pity. My pity. It is here for you. God now speaks to you and he says the same words that he spoke to his son, Jesus. He says, behold, this is my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. And there is literally nothing better that we could ever hear than that. And this is, in fact, the message that you constantly get to hear. How great is that? This is the message that your sins are forgiven, that you are at peace with Almighty God, that you have a home waiting for you at God's side in heaven. And that's the message that you get to hear every day here in this chapel It's the message that you get to hear every day in your religion classes at Bethany. This is the message that that is shared in the divine service on Sunday mornings at our local congregations. You can come and join your brothers and sisters in Christ at, at Mount Olive and at Peace. Rejoice with us in this greatest of all thing that we could hear. Like that compassionate father that goes running down the driveway in Jesus' parable and throws his arms around his son, so too does God our Father come running at you and me. So too does he come throwing his arms, his compassionate arms, around you and me when we hear this gospel message that is preached to you, when we are baptized. And every day when we remember the fact I have been baptized and God has given me his promises and they still apply to me even here and now. As you get to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Lord's Supper for the forgiveness of all of your sins. God is coming to you as a compassionate, merciful, loving father. And he is assuring you that he is for you. That he loves you. What an awesome blessing this is. What a joy this this is for us, that we need here in a world that is so cold and calloused and cruel. To know that we have a God like this. God assures you that you have every right, you have every confidence that you can now come before him. And he is a loving father to you. He's one who has your best interests always in mind. He is one who has promised to provide for you, to protect you. He is one who has a a father's heart of pity, of mercy, of compassion, of tender kindness towards you. He is one who is fully invested in you regardless of the cost. He feels for you and me on the deepest of levels. And not only does he have the willingness to do all this, but he is almighty God. He has the power and the ability to come through for you in every need. How great is that? All glory, all thanks, all praise be to God, who is our compassionate Father. Amen. And we pray. Please rise. Oh Lord, we thank and praise you for the pity, compassion, and mercy that you show to us. We are blessed to be called your children. Help us to always rejoice in this and, and to give us hearts that happily seek to reflect to others the pity, the compassion, and mercy that you have first of all shown to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>